Hello, Internet. Welcome to GT Live. Ooh, GT Live, where today we're presenting Tea Series, the series where we talk tea. And we spill that tea, and we also <laughs> sip that tea. Stephanie, what tea are you sipping today? Well, there's a, little, there's a little chill in the air, and you said you were sick today, so I'm trying to go with something that's a little bit analgesic, like analgesic or um, is it anti- an, antiseptic. I was going to say, isn't an analgesic what you rub in like a wound to help heal that wound? It's actually, a, it's just a painkiller. Just a painkiller. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, an analgesic. It's just a painkiller. No. Yeah. No. Your world has changed just a little bit today. Man, it's so true. Uh, today I'm drinking... I just I just thought the, the mental image of you rubbing your hot tea into an open wound was amusing. Oh, oh, oh gosh. Picture that one, friends. And no, mind. don't. Don't do that. I'm drinking jasmine tea today, uh, and I'm drinking it out of... Oh, we have a new mug today. All right, cool. Um, this was, uh, we got sent oh, a lot look, of promotional. it's a tea series. It's not. Ooh, it's but not. It, it looks like that it lo- could be a Oh, it could be, though. It looks like it could be. Ah, uh, yeah, it has a big, like, gold tea on it. We, this is one of the promotional products that we get sent. Sometimes we get sent, like, um, like, promo packs and stuff. And a lot of them, especially for video games and stuff, have mugs. And so we end up with a lot of, like, random indie gaming mugs around here. It's actually a lot of fun. So what's, so anyway, what is your tea of choice? Uh, today it's, it's an organic jasmine. Oh, delightful. I know. It's looking really good. Smelling really good. And what are you drinking today? Let me, let me smell you, Steph. There you go. Ooh, that does smell nice. I know. Jasmine-y and refreshing. Yes. So fresh. So refreshing. Uh, what am I drinking today? I'm, I'm going back to an old standby. An old beloved favorite. Unspecified no calorie cola? Close. Diet unspecified no calorie cola. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I'm so glad that uh, I'm so glad that we both have our drinks. Are you ready to go? Our 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 go to drink of choice. I'm ready for episode three of uh, of T series. Welcome, you guys. Hope to. Uh I hope to be talking about some fun stuff today. Yep. The the series on the podcast or the series on GT Live here where we actually just talk about all the stuff that we can't really talk about while we play games. Stuff that doesn't quite fit in anywhere else and things that, you know, are just big, important news stories that are happening that we just want to discuss with you guys. Yeah. Stuff around. I mean, it's it's all stuff around internet and entertainment news. So stuff that would actually be relevant to us and to like hopefully you guys watching. Um, but if you're new to this series, this is our third iteration of it. So hopefully you like it. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Um, we've been doing it for a couple of weeks now and the... Uh, response, response has been, been amazing. like overwhelmingly positive. You guys have been like so into it and you've been sending us new stories to talk about and requesting stories. Um, so we've been trying to pick through some of those and then also like come up with ones that we're just really interested in because that's sort of the point of this series is like stuff that we really are like itching to talk about but don't get a chance to do on a regular basis. So here we are, episode three. Where are we starting? It's 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 been awesome, by the way. Thank you for your support of this. Oh, like yeah. it's been a lot of fun for us. Uh, it's been really refreshing. It's nice to be able to have a forum where we can actually talk about things that we weren't able to before. Uh, so to see the response from everyone and it being so positive has been great. Uh, and thank you all, like Stephanie said, for sending in topics and things like that. It's been fantastic. And the whole point is that this is more talking. So if you are doing your homework in the background, if you're at work, if you're at school, if you're just hanging out and you're like, hey, 
I don't need to see what's on screen. You can just listen if you're on your commute. Uh, we get a lot of people who are like, hey, I want to listen in my car or I want to listen like right before I go to bed or something like that while you're brushing your teeth. You can do that. So this is a podcasty form that's intended to be able to be watched or listened to just depending on whatever you have going on in your life. But if you do want to engage with today, there are two Count them two ways that you can do it. One is in the live chat, which Stephanie has pulled up. I do. And people are saying things like, oh, it's Tea Tuesday. And Ali T. Ali T. Ali T. Yeah. Ali T. Battle Angel. Ali T. Battle Angel. Wowzers. That's great. Love it. Well done, guys. Good work. Pun game. 10 out of 10. Would pun again. Or you can engage with the stream using hashtag GT Live over on Twitter, just like a normal live stream. But if you are listening to it in a podcasty form later, obviously that doesn't apply. For today, because I lean away from the mic, um, for today, Chris has taken a rather liberal interpretation of T for today's GT Live. He's, um, he's, he's drawn a little minimalist he, representation. He's of literally drawn three leaves. We have three leaves: red, orange, and yellow. It's very autumnal. I was gonna say it's like we're just we're drinking like the dregs of of like October leaves that have fallen off the tree. Uh, the, maybe, a, a nice maybe oak, it's, tr- a maybe, nice oak tea. Maybe it's less that we're drinking the dregs and more working with the dregs. Oof, oof. Sorry, Chris. Mm. <laughs> Just a sigh. Just a sigh from across the room. Chris is not pleased. He's he's actually been <laughs> working really hard day. on the microphones. Um, and also, guys, thanks for your feedback on the audio for these episodes. We've never done podcasting before, and so it's one of those things where I feel like there's a learning curve. Last week, we actually had some like lag and glitching issues too. So we had a lot of feedback that like, hey, some of the audio was was kind of like wonky from last time. That there's nothing we can do about um, without taking the stream down, completely re-editing it, and uploading it. But as we like work out. The whole mic system, like how far away should we sit from the mic, all of that kind of stuff. Um, thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for your feedback and like your your like constructive feedback. We want to take your feedback. Um, so just let us know how it's going for you and um, we can work on it from there. So to warm things up with a nice steaming hot cup of personal tea, Stephanie actually has some huge news that uh, is really exciting. It's something that she's been working on for the past six years. So to kick off today, we like to kick it off with a little bit of personal tea, a little spot of personal tea. I'm glad that you prefaced it with the fact that I've been working on it for six years, and so people can be like, oh my god, she's pregnant again! No. Have you, have no. you been working on being pregnant for no, six years? No, because I'm saying that would be weird. That, that would be Especially very Especially since odd. we just had a baby last year. I'd be um, like, wow, that, that was... <laughs> Really unsuccessful for a really long time. And then, like, bizarrely, weirdly successful all of a sudden. No, so... um, Your brain just hops straight to baby seven. No, I hop to where the internet hops. If anyone's like, I have big news, it's either got to be like, they're broke, they're breaking up, they're getting married, or they're having a baby. It's got to be one of those things. Launching a new series. Or launching a new series. That's it, too. Merch. Oh, that too. more actually okay. more often it's, than it's, not, it's, it's usually merch. merch. It's always merch. People are like, "Let's talk about something serious." My merch. merch. Yeah. Uh, no, this is not it. Uh, actually, so as of uh, this past week, I am an a, a dual citizen. Um, this is something I've been working on, f- like Matthew said, for six years. Um, in case anyone doesn't know, my family is Italian. Um, I've talked about what a pizza snob my dad is, but um, besides just being a pizza snob, summary. Big pizza snob. Big. Very. Very snob. The TLDR. Very snob. (laughs) Super pizza. Very snob. (laughs) Um, So uh, in addition to that, though, my family is actually very Italian. um, And I was able to apply for Italian dual citizenship because um, my grandpa 
uh, immigrated from Italy but never renounced his citizenship, just became an Italian citizen. Um, and the way that Italian law works is that you can actually go back and reclaim your citizenship um, within a certain number of generations. And I met the criteria, so I managed to go back and do this. Now, in order to do it, I had to um, I had to like go to crazy, crazy lengths to do it. Um, it's been a huge life goal and like accomplishment for me. Um, what it also means is that we can apply for a Matthews dual citizenship now, so that he can come with me if we go if we travel in Europe or we want to live there. We can go live there now. We can work there now. I can also go around saying, "Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball." No, you can't. Actually, as soon as you get it's Italian, a me, Mario. as soon as you get Italian citizenship, you're barred from saying that. Maybe it's, it's against not, maybe, the law. It's, a, it's, it's not illegal worth there. It. You don't know that, but it is. If, if that's what I'm sacrificing, Stephanie, maybe it's not worth it. So it's a me, Mario. And it's also me, it also means Ollie, uh, our baby, can get Italian dual citizenship, which means he a can, baby meatball. Which means he can live and work and um, go to school if he wants to in Europe, um, and it's really awesome. So uh, to do it, I had to like go to some really crazy lengths. Um, if anyone doesn't know, like a lot of old records and birth certificates and stuff like that are um, handwritten, and a lot of them have major like copying mistakes like people are just really really bad at proofreading and so I had to go back and have like a ton of documents redone and sometimes that takes like you have to like file motions in court to get documents like redone and to get names updated and to get like the misspellings corrected so it literally took years it literally took um, like five and a half years yeah I was gonna say here like if in, in case anyone doesn't know I would say relatively few people have actually tried to trace their lineage back. And and to just give you an example of how robust of a process Stephanie had to go through for this, uh, one of my favorite stories across the six years that she's been working on this was her literally going to a church in a town in the middle of, like, nowhere Italy. Yeah, my family's hometown is, like, in the mountains of Italy, in southern Italy. It's literally, it's kind of like, if you could think of, like, the most hillbilly part of the U.S., this is that, but for Italy. And I don't mean that in, like, a bad way or anything like that. I'm just, like, it's very remote. It's, like, these people are, like, mountain goat herders and stuff. And so I went out uh, to visit my family's old hometown, um, and I literally had to sift through our family records in a church basement. They were not being kept in like good shape they were just like literally being like dry rotted to death in like the basement of a church and and I went through and had to take like um like photographs to preserve our family records and stuff um and that's sort of where it started I had to go and change my own grandmother's last name as part of this process that was a bit crazy and I also had to find um, Did like, you have to sue the state of New York? I for did. That? I had to sue the state of New York to get my grandmother's last name changed, which is crazy. How did she feel about that? She was not around to change it herself, which is why I had to do it. Um, suing the state of Probably New York it sounds a lot more dramatic than it actually was, but I did have to like file a motion. We had to go before a judge to get uh, to get a name changed on those documents, which is like really crazy. And then I had to work on like I had to work with the Department of Homeland Security to track down my great grandfather birth certificate too so like all of the like lists of immigrants that they keep on like watch lists in homeland security they also keep really old records in there so i had to work with like every government agency and every department in the country to try and make this work and i'm like i was like over the moon i'm just like so so excited and happy that it finally happened it's also pretty wild because the italian consulate 
which is where you have to kind of go through those are your kind of primary point of contact to submit the documents hear what you're still missing what needs to be done whether or not you you kind of pass or fail their series of kind of requirements they would just go silent for months for months and months it, and it, you literally you literally send them an email and they'd be like we'll let you know when it's done six months go by and nothing 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 they're like really unresponsive it was very difficult to work with um and i guess they i mean they're just like way way understaffed and they can't handle like everything that they have to do or whatever whatever it is italy is also known for like being kind of slow and bureaucratic and by kind of, of i mean like very yeah there's no it's, it's not siesta it's reposo but like it's it's the same principle everyone naps in the middle of the day no one is in the entire country in august and so like everyone takes a lot of breaks <laughs> everyone takes a lot of breaks and nothing really gets done very quickly so it was just kind of dealing with that system um but now that that's the case um i'll have an i'll have a u.s passport and EU passport and Matthew and Ollie will also have US and EU passports so we can basically go stay as long as we want um, in Europe anywhere we want to in the EU um, and this is actually something that we've wanted to do for a long time so um, we we have viewers all over the world um, and we make a point of traveling to lots of different places we love to travel but one of the things that I really want to do is actually um, go and live in a couple other countries around in a couple other cities specifically around the world for you know maybe two or three months at a time to really understand different parts of the world and different cultures that we just don't get exposed to over here so um this is like sort of one step closer to that dream as well cool that was my that was my personal tea thanks for letting me share with you guys it was really exciting it was like a a life milestone so no thanks for thanks for listening no it's exciting and like i said i'm excited to to run around in my italian mustache i'm telling you they outlaw that Oh, you can do that, though. I can eat cannoli. A lot of cannoli. A lot of cannoli. Yeah. Pasta? Yes, that too. Do I have to pronounce it? Pasta fagioli. Pasta fagioli. Am I not allowed to say pasta fagioli anymore? Oof. I don't know. I... My, my family, my, you might just, my dad might just not talk to you ever again. Can I still go to the Olive Garden to eat? Because I am a fan of the Olive Garden. Okay, but their soup and salad is amazing. Like, I, legitimately. Yes, I know. I am a fan. The unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks is, and I never use this term, but is everything. <laughs> it is everything. Oh, it is because it's unlimited. It is. Literally, it's everything. It is everything. literally everything. <laughs> at least when it comes to breadsticks and salad. So uh, so while Matthew is honing his Italianness, we're going to move on to talk about more topics today. Yeah, so let's. Let's talk about the big topic that uh, that's going around on the internet because we are primed for the release. So obviously we have game theory, but we also have film theory, the channel that everyone always forgets. I feel so bad for film theory. Can we can we just like a moment give of a moment of silence theory. for film theory? It's like super thriving. And it does really well. And a lot of times, like, some of the, the episodes that really pop on film theory do better than game theory. And, oh, and yeah. yet, no one from YouTube even recognizes that it exists. No one even knows. Forget about GT Live. But, like, film theory, it's just a seven and a half million subscriber channel. And no one even, like, pays any attention no, to it. I feel so bad for film theory. I love film theory. Not in the slightest. And we and we work just as hard on it. Like, we still write all those episodes and stuff. Right, but people <laughs> could not be bothered to care. They're like, oh, yeah, that thing. Anyway. But you're still a gamer. And also, you know. But, yeah, but you're a gamer. It's like. That's well, the box I, you'll always I, live in. I like to think of myself <laughs> as a pop culture educator, personally. So, anyway, we have this channel anyway. called Film Theory. And, obviously, one of the things that we cover a lot on Film Theory 
are movies, uh, specifically Marvel movies, because they're some of the biggest movies in the world these days. Also, some of the because most... they get the views. Well, no, also because they're some of the best, most interesting movies yeah. that are happening. Like I would argue that a lot of the Marvel movies that have come out over the last five years are some of the best movies to come out in their respective years. Yeah, they're some of my favorite movies. I mean, and I, and it speaks to that, that, like, Black Panther was up for so many accolades this year. And, I mean, these are, like, they're, they're great movies, not just, like, cult fan, yeah. like, superhero lover movies. Right. It's one of those things that you don't have worldwide success and renown just off of, you know, like a, a a niche comic fandom. People are responding to these movies because they're just really good, really well put together movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, the characters are dynamic and vibrant. They're funny. They're well scripted. And one of the things I appreciate most about the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I think a lot of other people have struggled to achieve when they've tried to create their own cinematic universes is each Marvel film feels slightly different, right? They each feel in their own genre relative to the character in question, right? So, you know, you think about uh, the Thor, especially the early Thor movies. Those were kind of like your Shakespearean ones with like a superhero tinge to a more fantasy, more like Lord of the Rings before before Ragnarok kind of changed it up. You have your Captain Americas, which were much more like espionage, kind of like Jason Bourne-esque movies uh, or like historical fiction movies, which were really fun. Uh, And then obviously you had your big blowouts with like Avengers and things like that. You had your like buddy space comedies. Your Ant-Man was very much like just a a comedy, like your typical kind of Paul Rudd-esque comedy. I loved Ant-Man. Ant-Man, I think, gets is totally underrated. Yeah. A lot of people are like, yeah, Ant-Man. Yeah. I I don't know if it's a hot take or whatever, but Ant-Man is actually like, it's it's one of the... It's one of the upper echelon of Marvel movies for me. Yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp, not not quite nah. as strong as the original, but I really enjoyed the first one a lot. Yeah. I think the humor worked really well in it. Um, I think it was, you know, the third act was really creative with all the shrinking mechanics and kind of contrasting epic comic book style battles in like small scale versus big scale. It's great. It was great. Um, but anyway, the reason why, you know, we're, we're focusing on this one as the top story of the day uh, is because Captain Marvel... Obviously, a huge release for uh, for the series is coming out this week, and uh, it's it's a bit controversial. Um, you have a lot of people who are speaking out very vocally online, outright uh, arguing to boycott it, um, and not just boycott it, but boycott it in a very specific way. Yeah, it's not just I'm not going to go see this movie, Captain Marvel. It's I'm not going to go see Captain Marvel, and instead. I'm going to go see another movie, Alita Battle Angel. Yeah. And I think the first place we should start uh, in talking about this is to say that everyone in the chat loves Ant-Man. Yes. Thank um, you, chat. Uh, you Kaya are correct. Carter, thank Moondrop, you. Nalisha Boots, everyone. Everyone uh, has you. been commenting that Ant-Man rocks. Jennifer Sauer. This is why we like you guys. Uh, so, yeah. Good good taste, everyone, first of all. Um, but, yeah. So, this uh, Alita Battle Angel... <laughs> Keep practicing. I'm, I'm practicing my Italian. Right? This is what Italians do. They do the little. Matthew's mm, doing like the the kissing. Kiss, kiss off. No, no, no. Is that not it? <laughs> so, uh, so the reason why, um, I guess to my to the best of my understanding, right? Yeah. Uh, the reason why people are are going to see Alita Battle Angel instead of Captain Marvel is um, to protest the what they view as the shoehorning in of uh, a woman into the Captain Marvel role, right? So they're like, we're going to go see Alita Battle Angel because the manga uh, always it's it's always focused <laughs> yeah. on 
right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the manga is always focused on on this female protagonist. It's always been it's always been a woman. You know, okay, this is just this is the character. This is who she is. We're gonna go see this one, um, as opposed to what they view um, for Captain Marvel, which is like, hey, this character uh, could have gone either way, and this is because a, the, the character's history was both male and also kind and of female. also like, kind of female. It's a yeah. very confusing character history. Yeah, it's a very complicated lore backstory. But this movie is coming out not only as like, oh, hey, Captain Marvel is a woman, but also Cap- but also this is specifically and sort of unapologetically a feminist movie. And the whole point of it is to be a feminist movie. And they're like, no, no, we don't want... Um, we don't want a feminist movie. We don't want like you, yeah, SJWs, um, and stuff. We we just you know we're okay with a movie where the protagonist is legitimately and has always been a woman. But if you're just making Captain Marvel a woman so that you can make this uh, a feminist movie, we're out. Um, and it's, so it's a, but it's a weird it's a weird way to go about it. Being like we're not going to go see this movie with a female protagonist, but we're going to go see this other one. It's also one of those. Th- so there there's a lot of issues. Right? Anytime this sort of stuff pops up, there's a lot of issues that are going on. Right. So you have some of the comic fans who like Captain Marvel as a character has never particularly resonated as strongly as other ones. So you have this kind of like convoluted backstory. You know, a, a less well-known character, a less beloved character, already a problem there. You have a lot of uh, Disney being seen as inserting a lot of social justice warrior messaging in the Star Wars franchise uh, with both uh, The Last Jedi and also Solo, a Star Wars movie, where in Solo you had kind of this, like, strong female android who is standing up for robot rights in a very thinly veiled um, parallel to real-world, like, activists. Um, you know, in, in Last Jedi, there was a lot of complaints about the treatment of Jedi lore and, you know, inserting in these strong characters. And now they're worried that this is happening again in the MCU for the first time, uh, with Captain Marvel. It's also interesting too, because, uh, Brie Larson, who's the actress who is playing Captain Marvel, isn't doing anyone any favors either well, or at so least it, uh, I, I was going to say a lot of people in the chat are pointing out that it's because uh brie larson the the perception right is that brie larson does not like men <laughs> yeah so and and i pulled these up just so that way I, I get the quotes right because in in these sorts of situations you always see people kind of twisting the words that are said or citing only very specific quotes uh and so i believe that these are kind of the full quotes that people have kind of latched onto and started to really react to in a very negative way, right? So this one's from Time Magazine, where uh, she was talking to the interviewer about a wrinkle in time, right? So her quote is, I don't need a 40-year-old white dude to tell me what didn't work about a wrinkle in time, Larson said. It wasn't made for him. I want to know what it meant to women of color, biracial women, to teen women of color. Larson elaborated on this point, saying that it wasn't about excluding white men, but including those who have historically been marginalized. Am I saying I hate white dudes? No, I'm not. What I am saying is if you make a movie that is a love letter to women of color, there is an insanely low chance a woman of color will have a chance to see your movie and review it. So that was one. And then a, and then a, a separate interview. Um, the interviewer, uh, I was thrilled you requested me to interview you. I thought this is game-changing. It's the biggest opportunity I've had. Nobody usually wants a chance to talk to a disabled journalist. I'd love to know what your particular reasons for having me here were. Larson responds... About a year ago, I started paying attention to what my press days looked like and critics reviewing movies and the critics reviewing movies, and I noticed it appeared to be overwhelmingly white male. 
So I spoke to Dr. Stacy Smith at the USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative, who put together a study to confirm that. Moving forward, I decided to make sure my press days were more inclusive. After speaking with you, the film critic Valerie Complex, and a few other women of color, it sounds sounded like across the board they weren't getting the same opportunities as others. When I talked to the facilities that weren't, weren't providing it, they all had different excuses. So those are the quotes that have really, you know, that the internet's latched onto and that's gotten people to really kind of respond with negativity towards this movie, towards her as an actress, and toward this, you know, for these these viewerships to feel like this, you know, the way Brie Larson is talking about this, this is not a movie for me, white male fan of the MCU universe. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? So, I, I mean, this is an incredibly complex issue, right? Um, and I also want to point out, you have already seen Alita Battle, Battle Angel, right? I have seen Alita <laughs> Battle Angel. It is much better than I expected, actually. <laughs> uh, let me, let, so, you know, I have not seen Captain Marvel. I have seen Alita Battle Angel. Uh, let me throw not it because out there. not because of the controversy. He just got. <laughs> I got in there early. Guys. We got invited. We got invited to a screening of Alita Battle Angel, which is awesome. And I wasn't able to go, so you were you were the one who was there. Yeah, and and it's and it's really good. Um, I I don't have any connection with kind of like its its anime origins, the the manga, anything like that. But as someone who went in kind of expecting it to be a bit of a hot mess. Uh, just because I don't know, like from the trailers and stuff, I'm like, I don't know. There was a lot. There were a lot of ways based on the trailers. There were a lot of ways you could see it going wrong. And also, I will point out that stuff like Ghost in the Shell, other movies that we've seen who that have been based on an anime or a manga, they sometimes get interpreted very strangely on film. Yeah, right? And, and I think you. Ha I think you were fair to be skeptical going in. Yeah, and and I will say, like Alita's great. Uh, I think it's a flawed movie. I think that it tries to do too much in a very short runtime. Um, it's, you know, and I think it, everyone pretty much universally agreed with that, that like, hey, they had to fill a ton of the manga in, like, into the background. And so there was so much world building that yeah. it was it was very hard to get, like, to the pinnacles of the story. Yeah, but they, I think that was, like, I, I don't think you're saying anything that anyone else hasn't said, like, you know, a bunch. No, my, my review of Alita is basically they set up a very cool world. They set up very cool characters, but it's a very complicated world, and it's a very, like, robust, deep, engaging world. And so for me, like, to cram all of that into the span of a movie and then also deliver a plot line but also set up potential sequels, there it was, it was dealing with a lot. And so certain character motivations, certain key beats, certain uh, big changes in the plot feel like they're a bit rushed through, and you're like, oh, that was... You know, it's day four, and she's already rebelling against her dad. That's kind of strange. Um, it's one of those things that I wish had been a Netflix series or, you know, a TV series or something that had a little bit more breathing room and a little bit more time where you can immerse yourself in the world, where you could actually get to know these characters a little bit better, and nothing had to be kind of rushed through at the pace that it was. That being said, though, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, is it the best movie that I'll see this year? No, certainly not. But I, I fully support it. And if you're interested in, you know, kick-ass anime girl, you know, just ripping through hordes of evil androids and cyborgs, 100%. If you want to see Christoph Waltz wandering around with a giant, like, Fortnite-style pickaxe that's powered by a rocket jet... It's wild. It is so out of left field. Sign me up. But it is a blast to watch. Um, so, so that being said, thoughts on um, thoughts on Captain Marvel. I I want to call out this comment that says, um, and it's from uh, 
Mar Benman, who says, I'm not going to see Cap- I'm not going to see Captain Marvel, not because of the drama, because I've already seen Alita anyway. I'm going to see Captain not going to see Captain Marvel because it doesn't look interesting to me. And I know I am not a woman of color, but I am a woman. And I like seeing I, I know, shocker, right? I was, I was um, about to say this is <laughs> man, we're spilling all sorts of tea today. Um and and I really enjoy seeing female protagonists. Matthew can tell you my favorite movie genre in general is British period pieces with a strong female lead. That is literally the like Netflix category that best describes me. I like like spunky, smart female leads who are smarter than everyone around them and who like sort of kick butt and take names. So I'm actually really into that whole idea. I will say though, for me, Captain Marvel just didn't look um, didn't look like it had a ton of personality. It didn't. It for me, the trailers didn't resonate with the kind of like fun, quirky MCU personality that I'm used to seeing and get excited about seeing on screen. Um, when it comes to the controversy, um, and again, I think we can only give our opinion here, and we are not coming from a minority stance, right? Um, so all of that with a grain, with like you know, take that with a full grain of salt. Um, but for me, I really enjoy see, like seeing f- female empowerment. I I have no problem with female and and um, like feminist undertones. But I, no matter what the political issue is, I really don't like to be beaten over the head with it in my entertainment. Um, I am happy to pick up on subtler messages, and I'll like pick them up, and and, and those will like hit me, and I'll be like, oh wow, that was great that they put a great message in there or that they promoted, um, you know, people who are underrepresented or communities who are underserved in media or movies or television or whatever. Um, But for me, I, I really don't like being heavy handed with that kind of stuff. I just like to be immersed in the story. The story is great. Uh, If the story is great, put all the messaging in there that you want. But I think for me, I just need an awesome story to come first. And then, um, the messaging will only be helped by a great story. Yeah, I mean, I would totally, and it, so I and I totally agree, and I think that's definitely worth talking about. Before we get into the weeds about that, I think it's interesting first to call out a wrinkle in time and kind of her critique of critics saying you don't have a right to kind of judge this movie. I love kids' movies. I think they're. I, I do. I, I love them. I love how fanciful they are. I love Matthew how cries they are. during most Disney movies at this point. Pixar will get me almost <laughs> every time, and and they're some of my favorite. I am so eager to go see every new kids' movie out there. Not everyone. There are some that I'm like, eh, okay, I'll pass on that one. But like, I'm so eager to see a lot of these because they're just fun. You know, at a time when things are so serious online and offline and this and that, like, it's just nice to kind of go and immerse yourself in some like mindless kind of fun. And Wrinkle in Time is one of my all-time favorite books. I was so excited to see A Wrinkle in Time because I love that book. I love the worlds it creates. I love the characters. I love it all. Saw, and you too. You you also like Oh my like gosh, a Wrinkle in Time. I was such a diehard for Wrinkle in Time and I was like we saw the first trailer of that like 8 months before it yep. came out or something and I was like, "Oh my god, put it on the calendar. We're going now." Yeah, we were we were super excited for Wrinkle yeah. in Time. And it was terrible. Like, it was really bad. And, again, we are saying this as people who are white and who pe- who just came from loving the book no. and who, like... I'm I- saying this as someone who likes good movies. No, and, and, yeah. and, this, and this is the thing. And I think this is the thing that people nowadays are kind of having this knee-jerk reaction to of, 
I'm, I don't, I don't care. Like the color of your skin, you know, whether you're male or female. And I get that some people do, but for me, I care about a well-told story with consistent characters that makes sense. I and, and I care about that, to, and that's that's also central for me when I think about it. I think the the pers- like the perspective that um, that Brie Larson is is I think trying to get to. And again, I like should not be interpreting what other people say. This is only like my um, like how I'm reading it is that we are in a position where it doesn't matter to us, and we don't care because. There's no problem with seeing people like us reflected back on screen. Sure. But if you're someone who never sees yourself represented in media, it's the kind of thing where that really does matter to you. And maybe and maybe no matter what the like maybe no matter what the story is or like what's around it or whatever, just just seeing yourself on screen is significant. Sure. So that's I, I think that's the perspective that she's trying to get to. I but to you say know, that I have trouble with it because I'm I'm like, am I still allowed to call this a bad movie? Because I thought Wrinkle on Time was a real bad movie. But you know, well, I, I don't know. But I, I to say that you're not allowed to have an opinion on a movie because you are of a certain color or yeah, you know, like I think that's that's a challenge. It's real tough, yeah. That's tough because art is to be consumed by everyone. And some people are going to like it and some people aren't. And some people are going to respond to it and some people aren't. That's fine. That is, the, We make YouTube videos and there's a subset of people who love our theories and who get them and understand the point of them. And like, hey, he, it's goofy and fun to overthink your favorite franchises. And then there's a group of people who think I'm the cancer of the internet because I overthink <laughs> their favorite franchises. And I get it. And that's fine. I, it makes me sad. That other people don't th- that don't get in, they think I'm being mean spirited or things like that, which I I don't intend to be. But you know, I that's just the essence of putting a public thing out there for people to consume and comment on. And so, do I recognize that Wrinkle in Time, like, is a story that w- was a movie for young kids? Absolutely. And I think the bright colors and fanciful characters and this and that would probably attract a lot of people. But for me as someone who also goes to kids' movies and really enjoys the ones that have well-crafted plots that make internal sense and have characters that I can, you know, that I can, like, appreciate their journey. I'm not saying, like, I can relate to, but I can, like, see their motivations. I'm like, yes, go for it. Girl of color or not color or whatever. Great. Like... <laughs> As a movie critic, as someone who watches movies critically... You have to be able to, like... You have to be able to have state opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I... I totally agree. I and, think and it was just not right. a well-constructed movie. It did not achieve what it set out to do from a narrative standpoint. And, and so, like, that's... That, to me, is the trick here. Is And, and I had the same reaction with, with Last Jedi, right? And I don't think Last Jedi... I, I didn't feel the political... Over, I, I felt it with like the casino scene where you're like, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, this feels a bit preachy, and this feels kind of needless to the overall plot. But from a, the Last Jedi, everyone's like, people didn't like it because of the social messages and this and that. I, I just didn't like it because it's you know you're in you're a part of a franchise that sets up a bunch of different like loose threads and promises to fulfill on those loose threads on the second part of that. And then all of those get undermined. It is a movie that was specifically meant to frustrate and undermine. Like, the whole goal of it was to undermine the expectations of the audience, right? Yeah. And and so, as an audience member, when I'm set up to expect certain things and I get undermined and get frustrated. You are frustrated. That, that's the response. <laughs> yeah. Like, congratulations, you got the response. And you got, like, a level of feedback. And so, I was disappointed in that movie. Yep. 
Um, and and to round out this discussion, I wanted to read a couple of things from the chat because I think there are a few people who have some really good um, good perspectives. So um, Kaspar Yeager says, surely you're represented by the traits and acts of characters rather than their race, gender, and sexuality. And I actually love that idea. Um, and, I, I, you know, again, we're speaking from a – we're speaking from a stereotypical standpoint or whatever, but, um, you know, when I relate to a character, I relate to how they act in certain situations, yeah. what kinds of, you know, what kind of motivation I think they have, whether I think they're, you know, facing interesting decisions or like moral quandaries in their life. And I think that's what makes you relate to someone the most. I've also, you know, I relate to a lot of male protagonists on screen that I see because I'm like, oh, I understand you. You think like me and you may make decisions like I would make decisions and I relate to that so I think that's a good message and then also um D Spectrum Man says art is for everyone which I also agree with uh Walrus says I agree I'm I'm gay and representation the correct way not stereotypical is significant for me yeah I think I think it's I, I and I think a really good parallel here is Wonder Woman right so Wonder Woman really the first major uh, at least mo- modern major female-led superhero movie, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, she was a good character who happened to be a female and then everything, you know, happened to be a strong female and then everything kind of fell into place. I think what where you're seeing a lot of the pushback here and, and where a lot of these comments leading up to the movie and this and that and why people are worried about this one, boycotting this one, reacting more strongly to this one is it feels like they're positioning it She's a woman who's a hero, not she, or she's a woman who's a character. Like yeah. the 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 herness is the more important thing rather than her being a character. And I feel like that almost defeats what you're trying to go for, right? Like it feels a bit like tokenism at that point, right? Yeah. I, like I, I, I don't know. And again, like I'm not a good person to speak on this, but to me, looking from the outside in, and, and who has no stake in the game whatsoever, and just like I just like good movies, I like good characters. To me, like. She is defined by her actions, not by her gender. And and to me, as I watch the trailers for Captain Marvel, it's the least excited I've been for I'm not boycotting it or anything, but it's I, and I'm absolutely gonna go see it because I love Marvel movies and it's partly my job too. <laughs> of course. We'll be there. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's the least excited I've been for a Marvel movie, and I'm seeing it out of obligation because it's the midpoint between Endgame and Infinity War, but it's one that I would have been less eager I'm less eager to see not because she's a woman not because she's a character that I have no past connection with and she's not interesting the trailers just haven't sold me on it I don't think like the line deliveries that they've selected to put into the trailers are com- are particularly compelling the the idea of a superman like superhero is not super exciting to me uh you know building out this whole idea of like the celestials and and I'm also just quite frankly worried about the movie in general cuz it feels like, it's going to be saddled with a lot of baggage. It has to be the bridge between Infinity War and Endgame, so you have that kind of connective thread of everyone's going to see it because what clues is it going to reveal for Endgame? It's a prequel because it's set in the 90s, and so it's setting up all this stuff that we know is going to happen in the early MCU movies. So it's 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 saddled with that. It's also having to kind of bridge the gap into the next era post-Endgame. It's a hugely important movie, actually. It is. It's, it's this huge in inflection point. And I think that... What we're going to end up seeing, and I, I don't know, we'll we'll see. Like I said, I haven't seen it. Yeah. We're going to see it later this weekend. But I feel like it, it's going to be the first of the, really one of the first of the MCU movies to suffer because 
it has so much baggage in much the same way that uh, Batman v Superman suffered because it had to set up all the, you know, it had to set up the, the Batman v Superman element, but also all the Avenger or all the Justice League members and this and that. Yeah. I think it's going to be settled with all that. Um, so I'm, I'm worried about it. I'm still going to go see it. I've also, you know, seen Alita. I'm going to put a button on this by just reading off a couple more perspectives from the chat because I think that's important in this, in this, especially in the context of this topic. Um, <coughs> Uh, the first one is from Zane Williams. Honestly, I tend to brush off bad writing a little bit more when I see a, cha a character who is of color or LGBT. I don't totally, but it doesn't matter to me as much if I see myself represented. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, and then uh, AJ Calmy, Calmy, yeah, says, personally, the fact that my expectations were undermined is what made me love The Last Jedi. It was an approach I never saw, and I found it refreshing. There was also um, someone who identified as... Uh, a person of color who was like, you know what? Wrinkle in Time was just bad. And so <laughs> I, I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> the the last thing I'll say about this too is is I know that Alita, and it, one of the things that caught me off guard by this story is the fact that it's like, oh, we're not seeing Captain Marvel because it feels like a strong female character is being shoved in here. It feels kind of, you know, oddly, it, it doesn't seem to fit. It, it feels social justice-y. So we're going to go see Alita instead, who is by her character and by every intention of the movie, strong and female, but, you know, it doesn't feel like it's artificially shoehorned in. I think that's a bit challenging of a stance, because Alita being kind of this anime robot girl, like, you fall into this weird ter weird territory of, yes, she's a girl, but she's also a robot, so, like, yeah. she's already dehumanized. Yes, she's a girl, but she also has the big anime eyes, which kind of goes back to this idea of, which like... makes her look like a baby. Yeah. Makes her look like a baby, <laughs> makes her look more beautiful, more attractive to men. She's young, and so you have this kind of weird dynamic where she's... She, and also Alita does have a weird scene where, like, she suddenly grows up and she becomes, like, this sexual figure, like, midway through the movie, and it, like... Really? I, what are you watching she, over there? I mean, I she, didn't make it to this screening. She, Holy cow! She gets she gets her adult battle body basically, and she's like, "I'm gonna make some adjustments to myself." And suddenly, like, she puffs up her boobs. And she gets a little puffier. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's all. And, and so I like I I I in print like not in principle. I I in theory understand what people are trying to like. Hey, we're gonna show that we're not anti-female by going to see this other strong female, but. But I get that it's weird. It's, yeah, I get that that's weird. You might want to double check kind of the movie that you're going to because it might not be sending the right messages there either. Like, it's it's a tough thing. And, and the problem with all of this, I think, is that at the end of the day, if Captain Marvel underperforms or if it doesn't, like – it's going to be attributed to, like, this political message where it just, it's it's a movie. Yeah. Like, in a lot of cases, it's it's a movie, you know? And I and I think that's the problem that Last Jedi had. I think that's a problem with uh, a lot of these movies nowadays is when you, they start getting wrapped up in political messages, you can't have worthwhile criticism about them in a lot of cases because there's always the counter-argument of, oh, well, you're anti-women or, oh, you're racist. I, you're whatever, racist yeah. or whatever. And it's like, no, I just want to talk about the movie without all the other stuff around it. Mm. Can you? Ooh, that's the Ooh, can you? Can you separate art from the politics around it? I think less and less so. I think I think we're moving to a place where everything is wrapped up in everything else. But I think I think we've covered that one pretty well. Yep. We should probably move on. Uh switch topics. Okay. So Coming to a theater near you. Uh, <laughs> one of the other one of the other things that we want to talking about strong man today is the the theme of what's strong next? independent females Wait, what's right. Next? Um, oh. So <laughs> so the Oscars happened not too long ago. Yeah. And uh, this was an interesting story that kind of rose out of the Oscars, right? And I thought that this was really interesting to talk about. So Lady Gaga 
She's a popular one. Mm. Her real name is Stephanie, which I appreciate. Not Stephanie in the way that you spell it. Though. I know. She spells it wrong, but she's Lady Gaga, so I kind of have to give her a pass. <laughs> Are you a little monster, Stephanie? Uh, wait. Is that what the, aren't they? Isn't it just the monster? Oh, maybe I'm, maybe you're just a little monster. So. I'm a, I am a short. You are, you I'm are a, a short, teeny monster. Short monster. You're a, you're a teeny monster. Um, yeah, but uh, she spells it. I think with an F and an I, both of which are are just egregious. But uh, you know, <laughs> wow. I again, she's a superstar, so uh, she really doesn't care what I man. Think. So you're so <laughs> so Stephanie with a P H I E over here is throwing shade at Lady Gaga. Stephanie with an F and an I. Uh, just like the people in her past. So the story here is basically so. Oh no! Don't you lump me in with those trolls? So Lady Gaga won herself an Oscar, um, and making her she, what what is it exactly, Chris? She won a bunch of awards all in the same year. She's the first person to win an Oscar. This year, did she? Not a grand, but she basically she won a bunch of awards all in the same year. Uh, obviously, she's super celebrated, you know, multiple Grammys, world-renowned singer-actress, multimillionaire, whatever. Um, the thing is, though, all of the people in her life, when she was growing up, she had a, a really neglectful boyfriend um, who bad-mouthed her, kind of verbally abused her, said that she would not be worth anything one day. Yeah, she would— she was bullied by other people uh, throughout high school and college. There was actually a there was actually a Facebook group dedicated to basically it, it, the Facebook group was called something along the lines of uh, "Shut up, Stephanie, you'll never be famous." You Ouch. know, kind, kind of stuff like just as the, a fellow Stephanie, that hurts. Just like the meanest, most bullying stuff out there, and it, it's it's so sad. First off, that people you know would just fixate around that and I don't know how she was in college or things like that but but then to go on and basically as the biggest screw you ever go on to become Lady Gaga one of the most celebrated you know musical artists of the last decade usually my view on on getting revenge on people is that it's it's never worth it and a lot of times especially if you're going for like revenge on the people you went to high school with or something like that like Go like bothering to enact revenge shows that you cared too much about it to begin with. But I will say that moment had to be so awesome. Mm -hmm. And I like I'm a, I'm a big fan of Lady Gaga um, and have you know been for years. I think she's a really just interesting person. Um, and this story about her like really uh, I, I think shows. I, I, I don't know. I think it prevents it presents like a really hopeful message to people who are bullied. Um, and I think. You know, for a lot of us um, who grew up being, like, geeky or nerdy or felt different and, and there are still, you know, like, obviously tons of people out there who feel that way in schools, I think a lot of uh, retribution has come from, like, um, the rise of technology and, like, how successful people, how successful the nerds have become. Um, and Lady Gaga is sort of another version of, like, that story where, um, being different and um, being outspoken and being yourself um, and being put down for it in school, uh, but but sort of staying true to that and yourself pays off in the end. Right? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I read these articles about you know uh, the kids in high school making a Facebook group dedicated to like no you're not going to be famous the the boyfriend who basically you know put her down multiple times and was like hey you're not going to go anywhere like just give it up. Um, 
it, it reminded me a lot of actually my high school experience too, uh, where, you know, my family was super encouraging. I was fortunate to, to be brought up in a household that's like, hey, do whatever you want, you know, be confident in who you are, be proud of who you are, be proud of what makes you unique. And, you know, and I, and I lived that mantra, right? I, I really truly believe when my parents said, hey, you're special, you're unique. I truly latched onto that. And I'm like, I, I will kind of like, you know, make that kind of the core of who I am and Jeez, be proud of it. Snowflake. I, well, but but no, that's I, the thing, I, though, right? I think that it's, yeah, no, it's it's incredibly empowering, and I think that has served you so well. Well, and it, and it's one of those things where in high school the same thing happened to me, where like it wasn't a Facebook group that was made about like you know how you'll never go anywhere, but when I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go to a good school, like. I remember very distinctly there was a I because I won a lot of academic awards because I did a lot of different things I was the uh, Northeast Ohio Gold Star student for uh, selected of all the students in Northeast Ohio by this one newspaper and they followed me around for like two days out of my life to like do a do a report on this 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 kid named Matthew Patrick who's going places and and as part of, you know, the interview process, uh, one of the quotes that they chose to keep in of the final article was, uh, later this year or next year, I'm going to Duke University, and Duke better get ready because they've never seen anyone like me. And all of the kids in high school use that line against me, like nobody's business, because making fun of me. How being like, so? Well, in terms of like, oh, how arrogant are you? How cocky are you? Like how dare you think something like that? And I'm like, well, it's it's true. They, how dare you think you're unique? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but that was really what it was. Yeah. Right? Where they, they actively belittled me because I was so, I don't know, like confident or secure in myself to be like, yes, I am unique and I do have something special to offer. And they have never seen a person named Matthew Patrick who has my unique skill set. Like that is just an objective fact, I think. Um, it would be really random if they had a Matthew Patrick who also went down to Duke University and did theater and neuroscience and was an RA. Well, also, and this is not to like, this is not to give you a bigger head or anything. I want you to be able to fit through the door. But I find that walking through doors in profile after you get a big head <laughs> helps because your head grows more horizontally than it does uh, back to front. Take notes. Um but but it, I mean, it was the kind of thing also where I feel like you had you had some bragging rights as well because you were going on a full academic scholarship, which meant that as like in the the class pool of Duke University students, of which I was one and did not receive the same scholarship. Um, but among that class, you were unique or you were, you know, accomplished in a way that was different and interesting enough that they wanted to pay for your education, which, um, you know, I think is something to be proud of. Um, and I think it's it is really hard when you um, are in a position where you feel like you have to hide who you are or um, kind of worse, hide what you've accomplished and what you're genuinely proud of. This story also reminded me of being in school. Um, I... I, again, I was like, I didn't have a newspaper follow me around for a day, but um, I did, I had like a, a different, you know, lifestyle than I guess like my my peers in a lot of ways. I was homeschooled for a long time. I was different. Um, I was, you know, not cool. I did not have any cool clothes. I did not listen to cool music. I didn't fit in. I don't know. I've heard I've heard your playlist from back when you were in middle school. It's and high great school. stuff. You, okay, Stephanie listened to some hard music. 
You were listening to some hardcore stuff. I, li- I had eclectic tastes, some of which included some pretty hardcore West Coast rap. I'm not going to lie. She was thugging it. I was She's thugging it. I was angry because of how mean everyone was to me. Um, no, but but there were situations like one, one example was um, that I found out um, by like – you know, showing up one morning, my uh, my best friend at the time came up to me and was like, "Hey, I need you to know, um, there was there was a get together last night. There was a party. Everyone was hanging out in a room together, and someone randomly, you know, said, you know, hey, everybody, raise your hand if you hate Stephanie.' <laughs> what? They were going. I I don't know if it was like a truth or dare situation or what it, whatever it was, and I was like, what happened? What happened when, when someone said that, and and uh, ironically enough, the guy who who apparently brought up this question was the guy. Oh, it was a, I, it was a guy. I, oh yeah, and it was the guy I had a crush on. Oh no! Well, yeah. maybe he was taking a straw poll about whether or not he should have a crush back on you. Apparently, everyone raised their hands. Whoa! This was my best friend delivering this news. There were there, she was like, and she raised her. Hands everyone too? raised their hands, and I and I asked her. I was like, Oh, did you? Wow! I was like, Did Oops. you? And she was like, well, everyone else did. <gasps> oh, no! Yeah. When, and I mean, imagine you're 13 and everyone else in, in a room is raising their hand except for you. Yeah, you don't do it. I mean, you shouldn't, but in reality, you you probably would. I didn't hold it against her. See, this is but a- it was the kind of thing, which, how could I? I apparently didn't have any friends. So <laughs> No, see, see, here's the crucial difference between you and me, Steph. You had friends to come back and tell you that those things happened. <laughs> For me, I remained blissfully ignorant that they probably did happen, but I w- would yeah. not know. Um, and I, like these benefits are, of not having friends. And I mean, these are people like I had never said anything bad about them behind their back. I had never done anything to them. I was just I existed and I was different and I did not fit in with them. Um, and I wanted to really desperately, so I probably also came off as a bit of a tryhard. But I. Like, I never did anything offensive to them in any way. They just really hated me. Um, and and that's just kind of the way it was. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it feels good to be, like, I don't know, to have to, – to do something that I'm like, hey, this is really interesting. I'm using my life to do something cool, fun, valuable that I love and that benefits other people and that helps people around me. And I have, like, you know, to be successful in life just makes you feel good – about about that and makes you feel better about the kind of stuff that you like go through in middle school or high school or whenever it is um but yeah yeah, i mean i think it's tough regardless yeah i think it's one of those things where what what is it what's the phrase the best revenge is a life well lived exactly i think uh you know where you just keep doing your own thing and the best revenge you can get is not giving them the time of day not letting them change who you are and, you know, giving them that strength over you and instead, like, hey, live your best life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and it, let it be known to anyone who's watching, listening, whatever, but, like, you are unique. Like, yeah. like that, that is an objective fact, unless you're an identical twin. Uh, in, in, in which case, if you're in an identical case, twin. In which case, just dress differently. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> pursue different hobbies or something. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you are genetically identical to someone else. Um, no, but all joking aside, like, it is an objective fact that you are unique. And anyone who tries to tell you otherwise is is wrong, first off. And secondly, like, kind of probably doing it because they're sad and bitter and not getting the same love and support that, that you are yeah. in a lot of cases. Um, and so that's why... 
it definitely made me sad to have a lot of people kind of ridicule me or kind of throw that line back in my face or I, I don't know, like be done with me at the end of high school because of quotes like that and, and things like that. Not really celebrate my victories like I was hoping that they would. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I, you know, I, I get it to some extent. I can't really hold it against you. It's sad. And I'm, I'm sorry that you don't see yourself as the same way. Uh, I wish there was a way that, you know, I could lift you up too, but you know, it's, it's Come just on, be real. Things. You don't really think that in that moment. In that moment, in that moment, in that moment, you're like, you jerk. You are the worst. I hope you go off in a corner and poop. Like, no. Wow, I, pooping in a corner. I know. Wow, that's harsh. I know. You're harsh. Um, no, I, mine wasn't nearly as like for me. It wasn't nearly as mean as you. I, like to me, I did find it profoundly sad. Yeah. That other people wouldn't hold themselves on a pedestal. Like, like they deserve to, you know, because each of those people, I, I, I can think of the individuals to this day. And again, like it shows you just how impactful these moments are in your life. Like I can think back to the exact locations and people who kind of threw it back in my face, what they said, things like that. And I, and I can think about each of them and I can see what made them unique and special and, you know, why they were as popular or as interesting as they were in high school. And like, hey... I'm I'm sorry that you don't see yourself as, you know, as special as you deserve to be because, you know, I see those qualities in you guys. And it's, I don't know, like, it's don't let other people pull you down. And I, you know, there's a lot of pressure in society to try and, like... To, to get to, to the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, to, to stay in the middle. And if they see someone rising up or you know, with special talents or whatever, like, hey, we're going to, like, drag you back. And I don't know why humans are like that. And it's so sad that society kind of has that sort of mentality. And so, like, don't let them do that is, is kind of the takeaway Yeah, there. if you like, have a different personality quirk or you have, you have a special trait, you have a special talent, embrace it. And uh, don't be, like, deterred by people saying that it's not worthwhile or it's not special or it's not interesting enough or that you're too interesting and you should just quiet down already because, uh, what was it, history was never made by well-behaved people Ooh, or, like, whatever it is. Too. Yeah, uh, I've always liked that one. But um, it is. It's, it, but I think it's also – it's nice to see, like, so in the chat there are also a lot of people who I think uh, are relating to this and they're like, oh, my gosh, someone else went through something similar too. Um, like, I've I've gone through, like, a similar thing, that kind of stuff. So um, I know it, that's the other thing. I think a lot of people have these experiences. And they're, like you said, they're really memorable and they really stick with you. And they're isolating in the moment, right? That's what one of the things that makes them so powerful is that they make you feel really alone and, like, you are singled out as the per as the person that everyone hates. <laughs> and so and so you feel like no one else goes through this or like it's not even okay to talk about because you, because you feel so isolated, but so so many people go through this kind of stuff too and come out stronger, more positive, more empathetic on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Um okay, cool. Anything else about that? No. I don't think so. Like I, Lady Gaga, I, good on you. Yeah, good, good on Lady. Be, be the Lady Gaga in your own life, because that wear, wear your meat dresses wherever you feel like it. Uh, you know, she wore meat dresses. I wear bright lime green zoot suits. What do you wear, Steph? Wait, when you feel good or what? I don't know. I'm I just thinking of like chat. I was just thinking of the ridiculous things that people wear. Uh oh gosh. Because Lady Gaga, one of the things that she was made fun of was her unique sense of style. 
unique, her odd sense of style. So wearing her meat dresses around, that that paid off well for her. If I had my druthers, I'd probably just wear pajamas most of the time. Oh, if, I'm, if I'm being really honest. Hashtag relatable. If, if my waistband has a drawstring, I'm in a good place. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. All right, next. Let's see. And what else do we have here? We have the Momo. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that. Shoot. I already screwed Don't, it up. Okay, so Jason was asking us if we could talk about about this topic about Momo um, without actually saying the word, and so we were like, okay, well, we probably have to once. say it once in order to introduce the topic, but then we'll we'll come up with other ways of saying it so that YouTube doesn't get flagged. Momo, um, well, yeah, uh, Momo. He suggested Amom. Apparently, that was going around as like an option for us to say. We could say Amom instead. The Nom Nom Challenge. Yeah, the Nom Nom Challenge. Nom 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 Nom. Um, so. So in case uh, you haven't been, like, I guess this has been all over, like, all social media platforms. It's actually not just YouTube um, because it's been spread around a ton by um, people who just don't know any better on Facebook. Um, basically, and, and in, like, news media and stuff, it's been crazy. So it's, there's it's a the hoax. It's the new Tide Pod. Yeah, it's the new, well, yeah, but it's not real at Here. all is sure. the thing. So the backstory is that there's a quote-unquote challenge going around um, in children's programming where a scary figure called Momo appears oh, on the screen. I know, I'm sorry. Mama. I'm sorry. Mama. Mama. Called Mama. Called, called Momo. Appears on the screen and tells children to do things that are dangerous. Oh, you're showing the word stop, on screen. Stop, stop. Get it off of there. Chris. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's there. Um, and, and tells <laughs> kids to do dangerous things, even hurting themselves or others. And so um, this went around as like this huge scare of like oh my gosh children's content on YouTube is polluted again with like this awful uh, character who's telling your kids to hurt themselves and so all these parents and alarmist groups were like educating their kids about Momo uh, about uh, and they're going you know little Timmy if you see Om Om in your in your video make sure you run away and tell mommy so here's tell the your Momo if you see the Momo the Momo <laughs> uh, so here's the thing is it's not real. Um, this character does not appear in children's videos and tell them to do anything. This is this. It's a hoax. But because parents aren't watching what their kids are watching well, on YouTube well, and news media picks up, yeah. So so you'll, you can give this backstory in a second. Okay. So what happened was basically parents who aren't paying attention and news media who's even less paying attention picks up on this story and they're like oh man YouTube's at it again with the dangerous content and so their news stories literally worldwide being like warn your kids we have to take up arms against this like against this huge problem and it's all fake and you can give the backstory well I don't really have much of the backstory it's it started as a creepypasta the whole yeah. the whole Mamo character started as a creepypasta there's this artist in Japan who created this really odd statue of like a creepy faced girl with like the body of a chicken or like a little bird body and a you know really creepy wide-eyed statue and it it's great for clickbait uh, it's a really compelling face it's really disturbing but it was just a creepypasta there was a challenge that went around, what, middle of last year. This is why I've been surprised to see it pop up. I believe there was a challenge that went around last year that was the Mamo challenge, where I believe two people did die, as I understand it. But that didn't actually involve this character, did it? It, it did. It, it was did? It was called the Mamo challenge, but it happened over a year ago. And so now... Are we sure that that happened? I, so... 
I, as I understand, and again, this is the problem with news in today's kind of day and age is there's so many different sources and it's very easy for those sources to kind of be faked. Um, but as I understand it, so even before Mamo, you had the Blue Whale Challenge, which was also one of these sorts of like self-harm, you know, we're going to ask you to do stepwise, increasingly ridiculous, like uh, uh, dangerous asks to to win the challenge, complete the challenge or whatever and, and become. Which are extremely scary, right? The idea that this would appear in kids program is genuinely scary. We're not trying to discount that at all. No, no, no. And so so the, the blue whale was the first thing and the guy was convicted for it. Like he admitted to it. A, a, a couple, uh, you know, young people died because of it. I believe Mamo was then positioned as kind of like the next iteration of that. And I believe, and I believe, and again, like maybe the chat can call this out, but I believe two people, you know, back when this was a thing actually, you know, completed the challenge, which ultimately results in you, you know. Um, Several people in the chat are confirming that 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 a, a challenge called that did happen. Um, and a couple people have mentioned that it happened on WhatsApp. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, that, think I it was WhatsApp on right. YouTube. No. 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 Certainly not. But it. But it was. It all started as like you get text messages. That's from that's what it Mamo. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's text messages. Uh, and recently, people have gone back and tried to um, trigger that challenge again using WhatsApp and have actually not been successful. Like they, the the numbers that they've texted and stuff, they haven't gotten any of those kinds of messages back. Right. So so I think you know first off, it was a real thing. Yeah, that Nina, Nina Walters and, and others, thank you for calling out that. It, that was on WhatsApp, it, and it was text-based. Right, and so this idea, and, and again, this goes to this idea of, first off, it's been defunct for a while. And so for it to suddenly get pulled into the pop culture spotlight as this, you know, emerging trend is wrong, uh, it's false, and, it's, and to call it like a YouTube children's content trend is also wrong and false. Like Stephanie said, it started on WhatsApp. It was primarily text-based. Um, and so I think that's, you know, the reason we bring this up and the reason we want to talk about it is it, it showcases a lot of the dangerous things that are happening in media, in, in the way that, like, people talk about YouTube and kind of the prejudices that exist around YouTube and how easy it is to manufacture scares around YouTube as a means of discrediting it, discrediting it as a platform, as a means of getting advertisers to pull out, as a means of showcasing this is this is not a good place for you or your kids, uh, so ignore it, disqualify it. And it, it even goes to the game theory, uh, you know, video that we posted shortly before this live stream where I'm talking about kind of the hypocrisy of advertisers, right? Yeah. Where um, no, no one wants this platform to be legitimate. And so you create a lot of these kind of like false news stories about it. And we're talking about a lot of like just in general, uh, this applies to social video platforms in in general, right? Um, they're known for for being like spreaders of fake news or having problems with fake news, that kind of stuff. Um, so this is not to like um, this is not to discount any anything that actually is dangerous. You do want to get unsavory like unsavory content off of the platform. Um, and stuff like that. This is just to highlight the fact that, like, it's very easy to make up a story and have it picked up by a media, by, like, all of the media who are very interested in any kind of scandalous tidbits that come out of YouTube. Um, now, they're, like, I would say when it comes to other stuff, like, like Facebook has had its share of, like, actual, like, 
bad problems with fake news and there's like there's plenty of bad stuff that's also on all of these platforms that does need to be weeded out we talked a little bit last week about the facebook moderator situation like there is like the dregs on these platforms are awful um but you can also make up stories like basically anywhere and mainstream media isn't paying attention enough to these platforms to actually know what's on them. Right, and people don't fact check it no, either. No, no like, one fact checks in, it. In this day, and, and this is interesting, because in this day and age of you need the biggest headline as soon as the, the story hits, and it needs to be first to press, so that way it gets the most reblogs and shares and whatever, no one's actually taking the time to actually, one, double check what's truly going on, two, maybe it doesn't even matter, for a lot of them, and then three, you know, do a deep analysis of what actually happened, like, in retrospect. It's all about, like, this is a thing that's happening, let's move on to the next thing that's happening as soon as that one's over, and move on. Like, no one actually, like, stops and looks at, like, hey, maybe this wasn't an actual story, or maybe we're doing more harm than good by covering this stuff. And and this is, I, it's one of the reasons why it's, it's interesting to run channels that are all about retrospective analysis of pop culture, news stories, this and that, because we're one of the few that's actually taking the time to go back and look at, you know, the ramifications of some of this stuff in a lot of cases. Like, the, our film theory on the Tide Pod Challenge, uh, it totally got, uh, at this point, it's totally age-gated, it's totally been throttled, like, you will never see that thing ever again unless you actively seek it out on the channel. But I was really proud of it, because what we did was we were able to retroactively look at the number of Tide Pod videos that were happening around the time of this press coverage. And before the press coverage started to really hit big, the trend had crested and it had only hit like a couple hundred videos. But as soon as, you know, mainstream media and other like resources started covering the story about this this epidemic that's plaguing your children, suddenly the news got out there and it was exposed to so many more people. What was a small internet niche that was like a fraction, again, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of online video suddenly saw a resurgence into the thousands and it was and it wasn't because of shares it wasn't because of whatever it was because of the mainstream coverage that that sort of thing got you know a year ago i'd say very few people knew about the mamo challenge but now all of a sudden because it's gotten resurgent like everyone's talking about it and so you're getting more awareness and and the problem with that is once once you kind of put that idea in people's heads you show them that it's an option. You show them that, like, yeah. this is, and you can't, you can't put the cat back in the bag at that point. It's as sad as it is to say, it's one of the reasons why people heavily debate how much coverage school shootings should get 100%. and how much, and you know, you should never show that there, there are now guidelines in place about you should never show the face of the shooter, you shouldn't share their name because you don't want to give them publicity because right. you don't want to put the idea into other people's heads that they can get famous from doing something dangerous dangerous and and by hurting others right um so it's there's this balance and i don't think that any it's sort of gone unchecked in the world of like reporting on things that happen on the internet reporting on social media platforms and stuff like that there's like no boundaries and so everyone is just really into like let's dig up the dirt let's like find the most salacious thing we can talk about and put it in the headline and and it does it if the idea wasn't out there before or it was in a, like a really small, tiny community, it's now huge and public and is maybe doing more harm than good actually by getting so, so much publicity and, and going so far beyond the facts of what's actually happening. Right, exactly. It, it is. It's one of those things that like 
humans, I think, by their nature, in a lot of cases, aren't necessarily thinking about a lot of, you know, unless you actively teach someone, hey, a a school shooting is a possibility. Like, I don't think many people would automatically jump to the conclusion of like, oh, that's a thing that exists in the world, right? But if all of a sudden it's on all the news media and this and that, it's like, oh, wait, people can take guns into places where they probably shouldn't take guns to, like... And, and, you know, all it takes is that one or two people to kind of, like, take that message and be like, well, I can do it now, too. It, it's dangerous. It's very scary. Yeah. And it's like just, like, really, really scary. And on the one hand, you're like, hey, when tragedies happen, you have to you, you have to report them. It's You have a responsibility to report what's happening in the world. And it's important that people know um, at, to, you know, try and prevent things in the future. But uh, there's, a, there's definitely a line between giving publicity to people who are doing bad things and reporting on the bad things that are happening to help stop them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and there's, like, no balance on the Internet when it comes to that whatsoever right i, I mean crazy. you know everyone wants the thing that's going to get them the, the most, most clicks. clicks yeah it's honestly. all about the, it's all about the clicks it's all about them clicks the health and safety of everyone else be darned yeah uh it's it's just unfortunate yeah uh, and again it it's one of those things and I, I and i don't know if there will come a time in which people start looking at this stuff and start kind of making changes around it or think like, oh, maybe the way we cover this stuff is the thing that's affecting it. I mean, I think it's going to take like a big a, a a groundswell or even like something regulatory to like set rules in place or whatever because everyone will find the lowest common denominator. I, but I think when people demand higher quality, that's when when they'll get it. Well, like when the market demands it, it'll be there. But until people stop just settling for the lowest common denominator, that's all that's all we're going to get, right? Um, okay, so that was really heavy. We have like ten minutes left. We've covered a lot of these like really intense topics today. Is there anything fun we can talk about? We talked about your citizenship, Stephanie. I know that was exciting. We could also, I mean, if we're talking about illegitimate social media platforms or illegitimizing social media platforms, Ooh. and we talked about movies. Uh, apparently, Steven Spielberg is campaigning to disqualify streaming services from getting to nominate their movies for Oscars. Okay, okay, so yeah, this is a li- this is like slightly farther flung than YouTube, but it still relates to like digital stuff and actually. It could relate to YouTube originals. He too. claims that since Netflix and Hulu are home viewing services, their content should not be should not be Oscar worthy and are instead relegated to the Emmys. Oh, so that means basically the long and short of that is if a movie gets made and it goes straight to Netflix, like think Bird Box, um, that movie could never be nominated for an Oscar because it's just because it's on Netflix. And I think that this is Steven Spielberg having a bee in his pants about streaming services and digital digitally created um like works of art and i think he's jelly old old man yells at cloud mm-hmm. is is what this screams to me <laughs> and, and and i'm really bummed out about this too cuz i i've historically loved steven spielberg's movies and so to see him kind of like shake his fists at like the oncoming age of digital media and be like no this is not worth like that's stupid to me um that's that's really dumb uh i think you know in this day and age, Roma, for instance, was nominated for Oscar Best Picture. I'm sure this is where this is coming from, right? So Netflix basically bought the movie Roma to be distributed exclusively on Netflix, and then that became one of the Oscar nominees for Best Picture. And so for the first time ever, Netflix, a streaming service, was nominated for a Best Picture winner, and it was like the sign of the times that, like, you know, is theater changing? Is theater dying? Whatever. The thing is, it's like, it that movie is still 
the same movie had it aired in in theaters. That's the thing that's crazy. It's like just because people don't go to a physical movie theater to watch a film doesn't make it any less of a film, doesn't make it any less Oscar worthy, doesn't make it any less artistic. He's crazy. I think I, this is like crazy. Well, I and and I will argue a couple things here because I I somewhat get where he's coming from. Go because, home. No, no, because. And, and you and I say this all the time, Steph, and I do think it, it merits us discussing this, and I'd be curious to hear what the chat says uh, and the, what the Twitter chat says. says. The chat says bee in his pants, okay? Be, I get it. <laughs> I, I understand. It's uncomfortable to have a bee in your pants. You're afraid it might sting in appropriate areas. But the thing to remember is, and this is something that we talk about when we consult uh, branded clients, other YouTubers, is understanding the importance of the platform that you're working on, right? And so... If you're creating a YouTube video, in a lot of cases, if you're playing around in the medium of YouTube videos, it's going to look and feel and sound different than if you're playing in a theater, if you're playing on a TV screen. And so there is an argument to be made here. Like, again, me playing devil's advocate here. There is an argument to be made here that if you are specifically making a piece of art for a movie theater... It is a very different viewing experience than if you're watching it at home on a smaller screen in a living room setting. The, you know, and, and I think the the challenge there is it's a very nuanced position to take. And I don't think anyone has ever considered those differences. So I don't think I don't think anyone is is considering those nuances, first of all. Yeah. Sure. No, no. And no one no one, I think, cares enough. Uh, about right. the no about about those Black nuances Black. to like to go to battle for them. The other thing I would argue here, though, is that when you give an Oscar to a movie, you're saying that this is the movie that should be archived in history as a great movie this year. And in any type of replaying or revisiting of cinema history, you're going to go back and watch that movie on a TV screen. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go back and be like, "Hey, I'm watching an Oscar I'm watching an Oscar movie right now, which means I can only watch it to its real effect in a movie theater." There are aficionados though, you know, and they have those screenings of like Casablanca on the big screen, the way it was meant to be seen. That's ah, just for funsies. I, I mean, it is, I get it. But I will also argue that there are certain categories of Oscar that actually make more sense. If, if you're kind of limiting it to theater, right? So, like, there are Cinematography, like, I give you that. No, I, w- I was going to say, like, sound mixing. Because sound mm-hmm. is probably the most, I would say, is one of the most transformative things that is different about a movie screen versus a television screen. Unless you have an at-home theater with, like, Dolby Atmos surround sound. Hashtag not sponsored, but yeah, previously but not, sponsored but by not even But not even theaters have all of those Dolby Atmos surround sound. See, that's, that's the, the other thing. The theaters that you're mm-hmm. watching them in have different surrounds. So I take your point with that, but I would I, – I see ya – but I raise you the fact that you're not going to hear the same sound in every movie theater around the country. That's 100% They're true. all different sizes. They yep. all have different acoustics. And they all have different sound systems. If you see it in Dolby, maybe that's the only real experience. See, and, and I think you're totally right. And I think you hit on something that Steven Spielberg seems to be missing in this whole thing is that you would have a point if every theater aired every movie in the exact same way. And so 
what qualified as a movie was one standard definition, but it isn't. Like Stephanie said, you have some theaters that are equipped with Dolby sound, some that aren't. You have some that are equipped with three-dimensional, or you have some that are airing in three-dimensional, some aren't. You have IMAX movies versus regular screen movies. Yeah, so what's the real version of a movie that should be considered for an Oscar no, then? No, 100%. I get it. I, I'm totally on board with that, and I think that while Steven Spielberg could have some arguments around the different settings and the different experiences and this, I don't think he's thinking about it in that way. And even if he was thinking about it in that way, his argument fails for exactly those reasons. Be in his pants. Boom! Dropping the mic of logic upon you, Steven Spielberg. I'm sorry that Ready Player One wasn't as successful as you wanted it to be, and now you're just bitter about it. Prime Meridian says it's too loud in theaters. I it, agree. It sometimes that is. Sound is so loud. We, in there we've sometimes. gone to some of the specialty like surround sound theaters, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's deafening. You're like in an earthquake. Yeah. It's like bring your headphones to listen to the movie. We saw We Will Rock You, um, or not We Will Rock You, but We Mean Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Sorry, We Will Rock You is the onstage musical version of the Queen story. <laughs> uh, one of the longest running British musicals actually, uh, the story of Queen. Um, or a, a jukebox musical based on Queen. But we saw Bohemian Rhapsody in one of those big surround sound, like epic sound theaters. And oh boy, it was intense. Yeah. It was intense. Your seat like shakes. It does. Anyway. You're like, I'm suffering permanent hearing loss from this. The sound is so intense. <laughs> um, so yeah, Steven Sp- Spielberg, I'm sorry. Get with the times. Sell a movie to Netflix. You'll feel better. Uh, <laughs> It, it just is, you know, like a, a good movie. And oh man, we go, we kind of come full circle. A good movie is a good movie is a good movie. A good story is a good story is a good story. Oh man, that was so nice. What a good button on the end of that episode. Wow. And with that, we've spilled the tea for today. Unbranded carbonated diet beverage x cheers cheers to you episode three and cheers to you friends uh let us know what news stories you want us to cover next week uh as we sit down on the couch and spill the tea uh in the meantime we'll be back on thursday for a regular type live stream not a podcasty live stream and then we're back with more t-series more of this T-Series, GT Live, uh, next Tuesday. So let us know what articles you want us to cover. And in the meantime, that's just a cast, a podcast with video components. Still got to work on this outro. Yeah, we're getting there. We're <laughs> getting there. Let's say goodbye, let's say goodbye, to, goodbye to the chat, chat. shall we? Uh, Lindsay says, cheers. AMC Gaming says, cheers. Seeking Elegance says, Truman Show Theory. I love Truman Show. Oh, right. So great. One of my all-time favorites. Elijah Hanna says, bye. Johanna Elizabeth says, cheers. Cheers to you.